The battle has started and it's time for Octavia and Crag to pursue their final objective, Crag. What does this treacherous mountain hold? How will the new party get along? And what final twists might this story take? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. Me, My Spouse, and a Die is a family-friendly actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Mawir, a land that has been ravaged by a war with monsters for 15 years. Uh, we would like to start this episode off with a quick announcement to you, the listenership of this Meet My Spouse and Die podcast. Um, so as you may have gathered based on the events of this campaign, we are getting pretty darn, darn, darn I think I was starting to say getting down to and getting pretty darn close to, <laughs> we are getting pretty darn close to the end of this campaign, uh, the the end of the war is in sight one way or another and the stories of these heroes will be tied up relatively soon i don't know exactly how long we'll see how long uh what what choices certain people make and (laughs) how long things go uh but we're getting down to the end of it and so of course when we end a campaign the question is uh what happens next and we have thought about this. I, I know I've thought about this for a long time, and we have talked about it at length. Um, and so it is it is bittersweet to say, but when this campaign comes to an end, uh, we are taking a long, indefinite break from RPG podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started this several years ago when we were both living separately because Gwyneth had a new job and I was still finishing out grad school. And we have since moved on from both of those positions i graduated and and recently got a new job and this will be gwyneth's third job in the tenure of this Mm -hmm, podcast mm -hmm. uh so we we've both gone through some relatively significant life changes and it is just becoming increasingly difficult to juggle the recording and the prep and the production and the the release of this show with all of that and quite frankly i'm experiencing a fair amount of dungeon master burnout um and so i i you know i'm happy with with this campaign i think it's been fun to play with and Mm -hmm. i think we're both proud of the product we've put out but we also both need to take a long good hard rest at Mm -hmm. the end of this um I think neither of us are opposed to perhaps taking another foray into this world again at some point, but we have no current plans to. We may, we may not. We'll just kind of see what the future holds. Yeah, because I mean, we we did first start it, you know, because uh, we wanted to create something together when I was I was working away and he was working in another location, and it really worked because we were able to record, you know, digitally, uh, remotely, and stuff like that. Um, and that was that was just a really beautiful way for us to create something together even though we weren't physically together and you know i echo everything austin said i'm super proud of of this product and this show and this game that we've been playing and that we've released an episode every week without fail 
Um, you know, that's that's something I think that's really cool. But come January, if if this campaign takes that long to conclude, I I, I Gwyneth has no idea. Um, you know, that would be the third year third year mark, and it's true. Like our lives have significantly changed in the interim. Uh, you know, my job doesn't give me quite as much time now as it did. Austin's a bit busier as well. Mm-hmm. We have other things that have come up, other professional obligations and personal obligations. And I know at least for me, I I want a product that I'm putting out into the world to be, um, you know, of the utmost quality. And I want us to be able to really devote that time to it to make it a good product. We don't want to just, you know, slapdash record something and then just throw it out there. Uh, you know, I know that Austin preps a lot and... I probably don't prep as much as I should. Um, he is nodding over there. <laughs> I try to make plans. But they inevitably don't go well. So I've decided, relatively figured out now, it's best if I just don't plan. <laughs> I don't know if that's a that's a good <laughs> strategy or not. Um, but yeah, it'll, it's definitely bittersweet because, I mean, it seems like ages ago, but also yesterday that we were recording those like zero point episodes, like meet Gwyneth, meet Austin. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so nervous to record. And I was thinking about that when I was recording the intro and I was like, this feels so natural mm-hmm. now. Uh, but I was just like shaken to my core when I was doing those first couple episodes. Yeah. So it's really wild how much, mm-hmm. you know, has changed in that time period. Yeah, we've we've figured out how this how this thing works. We've gone through a couple different equipment setup changes and i think we've landed on a pretty good solution so in in my like sunk cost brain i'm like but we have these nice mics and we have this nice interface and we've got a pretty decent setup going it'd be a shame to never use it again uh but again it's just it's a big time commitment and i my brain is (laughs) very quickly (laughs) running out of uh inspiration to to put into this campaign and i don't want to uh drag it out and i don't i i can't even begin to think of starting something brand new yeah. also i'm i'm done with fifth edition i i would need to we'd need to migrate to a new system because mm-hmm. i think i've i've played the system for like six years and i've i think i've taken it about to the extent of of the the way it can go and playing it that long for an extended period of time you know it's it's a great system. I'll give it that. But I have just found a lot of the things that I don't personally like about it. Uh, so there would be a, a number of things that would have to happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we we are going to take a long break. So thank you all for sticking with us for oh, this absolutely. long. Those of you who were here from the beginning. Those of you who are listening to this, uh, you know, for forever from now. I thank you too. Um, Hope you've enjoyed. Yeah, we're gonna. Of course, we're gonna leave the the like host up for. Oh yeah. I I have no plans of taking it down, so these episodes will be available for the foreseeable future. Um, until the collapse of all civilization. Until we run out of money, or yeah, the internet <laughs> dies. So we stop wanting to pay Pinecast. Yeah, our 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 host is very and uh, very affordable yeah. as well so we are we're probably we're going to keep these up for a long time and if yeah. we ever decide to take them down we'll i don't know throw them up on like youtube yeah something something they, couple are on YouTube. they will be available somewhere yeah. so but no it, i mean austin's has, i mean thank you everybody for i mean obviously this show is made possible by viewers like you um viewers like you 
but you know the the messages that we've gotten the fan art that we've gotten and you know of course the crit cards that make a direct impact on the show i mean it's just really really cool that something we kind of harebrained came up with <laughs> as a way to you know connect over a distance you know actually has a relatively loyal you know small followership and that's yeah. just that's just really cool if you sit back and it's like sure we're no you know big time bestest show with a million followers on patreon but i mean even the fact that we have you guys who are listening now i mean that's that's wild yeah i would personally like to give a shout out to uh D&D head who single-handedly saved our crit card experiment from going under. I think you've submitted probably like 66% of all of the cards we've had. Uh, so thanks. Um, we've had a couple other significant contributors whose names are out there. I know Beast Machine, you're, you're a big one. Um, there have been uh, a couple others. So thanks, all of you. Mm-hmm. And, and thanks to D20 for, you know, being inspired by Octavia for... Your amazing druid art and the dice that you sent us and also just being such a great supporter of the show like that also that just has completely bolstered my spirits and i mean i use avocados are my main set so every every time we record i think of you both uh dnd red uh azuin or azuin whose name i always get wrong i always know it's one or the other you you all submitted yeah probably like 80 to 90 percent of all our cards so thank you and uh lest we forget our very first giveaway thanks norse foundry for giving us a bunch of free swag three years ago that somebody out there got um that was fun and i think so we're we're gonna play out this campaign i'm not gonna i'm not gonna drag it out but i'm not gonna rush to the end either so it'll take as long as it takes and then we'll probably do some sort of epilogue where we see Mm -hmm. how all of the characters who survived are doing and I thought it might be fun to open up the channels to questions people might Ooh. have, whether you have questions about things you, I'm looking at Gwyneth, have questions about things that you never got answered in this campaign, or if people uh, want to follow up on any perceived, you know, plot holes that are inevitably in there, or thing, th- throw away things that one of us said or did that you want more insight into. Um, That'd be awesome. Yeah, like a, like a call-in episode type yeah, of thing. So, yeah, so starting now and until the end, if you can send us questions and send them to me, my spouse, and die at gmail.com with a subject line like finale questions. Um, and when we get to the end, we'll probably take, you know, another episode, do a little short epilogue thing, see how people are doing and answer some questions. And that'll be it. That'll be yeah. it for me, my spouse, and die as you know and love it. I mean, and, and we'll probably give another heads up like as mm-hmm. we're getting closer yeah, yeah. as well and, and kind of be like, it will oh, become yeah. obvious yeah. when it, we are imminently close to the end <laughs> <laughs> the the end goal is pretty is pretty well in sight now yeah. so it, it won't be you all will know when we're a couple episodes out mm-hmm. so that is our announcement for the top bittersweet bittersweet but i'm excited to get to to finish this out uh Finish it out strong, and, not pull a Dexter. And hopefully, yeah, not pull a Dexter, we just see Octavia sitting in a log cabin. <laughs> She's somehow grown a beard. Carhoon got killed and thrown off a boat in a storm or something. I don't know. Spoilers he's, for Dexter. He's in Argentina. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but what was i saying yeah we're i'm excited to try to finish this up and hopefully a satisfying way mm-hmm, but we'll mm-hmm. see 
We'll see. We'll see how the dice go. We'll see how my decision making goes. We Two will... of the things that <laughs> you always can count on to make life interesting. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah, that is that is our thing. Uh, and hope hope y'all enjoy the next some odd episodes. Mm-hmm. But let's get back into it. All right. Uh, so you, as an Earth Elemental and Carhoon riding atop his mighty steed, Daisy, are heading back through the army, away from the front lines where the clash is still ongoing between the Moirian, Moirian forces and the first Dragonblood uh kind of skirmish party you made a nice little uh, nice little impact in that opening battle made yourself a presence but now you know it is time to retreat gather up with your party and head up on your uh, secret mission to storm the palace atop the mountains of absalon's tail hopefully find crag and cut the head off the proverbial snake the two of you have made your way through the army. You retreated successfully amidst the hordes of screaming bodies and blood, sweat, and tears in probably pretty close to equal amounts, uh, although blood might have a slight edge in that trio. Uh, so you you kind of get back and get to sort of where the command center is being set up they know this is not going to be a quick fight they're not probably going to get into the mountain immediately it's going to be a slog uh on the scale of at minimum days considering how long the siege took place at the beginning of this war it was months if not years so it it's going to not be a quick thing and in in essence this full frontal assault is more or less a distraction for you to to, to actually end the war. So you and Carhoon make your way back and you find a, a little tent that has been set up and there's a table in the middle with a map of kind of the, this gate and the surrounding terrain and various markers and Hakon, Grisham, uh, Sebring, or, or some other military and political muckety-mucks are kind of gathered around it discussing various strategies and uh, figuring out the best way to, you know, approach the gate and knock it down and breach and things like that and how to cover the flanks and where the, you know, vulnerable positions, blah, 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 stuff like that. Uh, in the back, kind of gathered, armored up, ready to go, you see your uh, party composed of Owlbear, the gnome ranger, sitting atop her large fuzzy mountain goat. You see Malaris the Scissor, one hand replaced with a nasty-looking uh, kind of leaf-shaped blade set in dope armor, her scales glistening green. I think so. I think she's green. Next to her is Balger the Sorcerer, the Blaster Caster, with cool sunglasses and flashy robes, who is good at blowing things up, and that's about it. <laughs> I love Bulger. <laughs> And finally, there is uh, Carmina Dostoy, the dwarf who fled Grundikov at the beginning of the war and has some insider knowledge about the palace and the surrounding grounds. And I said finally, but last but not least, you also see the humanoid form of Jisolka skulking about as well, kind of arms crossed, pacing impatiently. <laughs> Jisolka. Jisolka. So the two of you, Carhoon dismounts the horse, you head into this tent, and uh, the, the leaders of this party kind of nod. Hakon still looks a bit shaken, he almost got killed like a day ago. 
38 hours. Yeah, so he's still a bit pale in the face, still looks a bit unsteady on his feet, but uh, he's he has survived and he is doing okay, and they nod and greeting, and uh, Hakon walks up to you and says, I think you know what it is you're about to do, and this very well may be the last time we speak, so I want to uh, wish you luck in this endeavor, and no pressure, but the fate of Moir may be held in your hands. Octavia looks at him and goes, <laughs> Can you <tech>. please <laughs> she un- shift out of that? <laughs> please. Goodness. Corlin's like, I have to deal with this all the time. It gets old, doesn't it? I feel like what she does is she, like, earth glides underneath the tens and then her head like pops out of the ground and everyone's like oh and then she they immediately just stomp it reflexively (laughs) but no then she'll she'll pop out in her um asimar form um i was trying to have a nice moment of like encouragement and lay the stakes bare one last time sorry i was just trying to lighten the mood a little bit we'll do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now's not the time for levity hey sometimes sometimes laughter can really bolster spirits and add strength where you know i don't know sadness can't Jasulka says he's right quit the jokes let's get moving sorry um <laughs> no it was it was it was good work owlbear says i appreciated it thank you owlbear it the was goat goes meh <laughs> No, it was, it was so good to work with you. And you know that we will do everything in our power to be successful on our end. And I wish you as much success on your end as you can possibly have. Well, we're all counting on you. Uh, we did pull together some, some resources for you and hands you a bag with, like, four potions of is superior healing. Whichever one's the better one. There's regular, greater, and then superior. Okay, so the best one. Yeah. Four potions of best healing. Four potions of really good healing. It says you may need these, especially since I guess you're the only really one with the <laughs> capacity to heal. Do you think that, are there any spare clerics that could bolster us up before we head out? You look yes, at, probably. You look at Carhoon and he does not look good. You, they, they probably could, but also you're, there aren't going to be any encounters and you're going to have to have several long rests along the way. Oh, really? You'll get a, you'll, this is, you have to climb the tallest mountain. In Moir, it's going to be a couple day journey. Minimum. Oh, that, I guess that's a good point. I just, for some reason, I know climbing. Wasn't thinking of that, I know climbing mountains takes a lot longer than that, but I don't want to pull like a four, you know, a four a several month long Everest ascent where you have to like wait at a base camp for two weeks to acclimate to the to the high <laughs> altitude. We're just going to say it's going to keep t- take you a couple days. Hashtag magic. Hashtag magic. You'll be fine. I like it. I like the. I have the idea that like in our cold weather gear, there's like a slight enchantment that it makes the air around you maybe a bit more breathable, as it also you know to make it a bit easier or something. I I was just going to hand wave it and say this is fiction. Um, <laughs> that also. So, <laughs> or hand wave it and say I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> okay. Well, if there's not going to if it's going to be. I hadn't, you know, put that timeline quite, quite together. Yeah, it's going to be simple. It's going to be a while before you get to that palace. Okay. Um, Octavia's going to be like, I have an idea. 
uh, Jasulka, um, can I yes. talk to you for just a second before I really quickly? I'm right here. Can you... Privately? Uh, yes. yes. He steps out of the tent. Okay. I follow him out. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to follow you up on your offer of your innumerable horde of mindlessness in this. And she pats the bag. Mm. This is my idea. If you're able to do it this way, could you send half of them at one time and half of them at another? I mean, in theory, yes. My thought is maybe after, I don't know, day two, once we've been gone, but we're not quite at the top yet, we send half of them to just come swarming down the mountain on top of the dragon blood. And just try to have them, by numbers, you know, do as much damage as they can. And then, once we get into the palace, and we're trying to work our way down, we release the other half internally to try to flush them out from that side. That is a, a f- fair plan. I will p- perhaps poke two holes in there. Um... The internal idea is excellent, and I agree that that should be a uh, primary tactic. Letting them down on the side of the mountain uh, poses two problems. One, these are not necessarily the best in uh, cold weather. Oh. Just, they they don't really have the, the sense to stay out of the elements, and they, you, you may find that many of them are turned into popsicles before they reach your target. The other thing is, is that uh, they are fairly mindless, and being thrust into a combat such as we just left, there may be... Um, they may be, have difficulty discerning between friend Friends and foe. foe. Okay. If you would like to pursue that, then it may be best to let them out before we ascend too high up the mountain or to save th- the whole thing and let them loose inside the city. Do you have a way that you could, like, teleport a contingent of them into the tunnel so that, you know, they could go wild and the only, you know, creatures that would be around them would be foes? Well, the... The only feasible way to do that would be to send someone with the box through the tunnel to open it and let out, you know, as many as can come out in a reasonable time. Um, Which may be possible, although there may be enchantments and other protections around that gate to prevent such an easy entrance. I am not sure. I haven't had time to uh, sufficiently gauge those things. It may be possible. This... This army in in this box is powerful, and it may be able to swing the tide of this this battle. However, the rate-limiting step is that they all have to come out of this staircase, so they're effectively going to be coming single file. So you need to find somewhere to let them loose, in which they have enough time to assemble in a great enough number that they won't be just killed off one by one as they walk out of the stairs, which is why perhaps finding a secluded place as you suggested inside the city might be the uh, best option. Okay, well let's let's keep them together then because if one of their 
strengths isn't just the sheer number of them. That Why is don't... perhaps their only strength. Well, they are very strong. Okay, I'll give them that. Why don't we just lean into that then? Um, because it, it would be not great to yeah just have them cut down as they <laughs> jump out of a staircase. Yes. Good call. So it's it's your choice, and you could either let them out here on the plains to you know do battle alongside your army, or you could or we we save them and let them loose in the pincer maneuver. I think the pincer maneuver would be... I think it would catch everybody by surprise. So. I, I agree. I think your instincts were right in that. All right, I'm going to um, let Hakon and everyone know then. Very well. Sounds good. Because I don't think I've told Grisham and Hakon. You haven't told basically anyone yeah. except poor Darius. Poor Darius. <laughs> poor Darius. Okay. You you go to tell him and Jasalka kind of grabs your arm and he says, Now think do do they need to know this is this information going to help them as they currently stand i was going to tell them that we have an ace up our sleeve that is going to add numbers to our side Mm. and maybe keep the details vague but just also so that they have another another seat of hope that you know we're going to be climbing a mountain and we'll be distracted by mountains and, and infiltrating and all those things and they're going to be camped out here just facing a wave after wave and true that's going to be da- more dampening on their spirits than the sea i mean so just to to give them that you know reassurance that we're going to be bringing some added you know bodies as it were within just to kind of give them a heads up that that might be coming down the pike. Fair enough. And he lets you go. Okay. So I'm going to, yeah, go back into the tent and I'll be like, uh, before we head out, um, Grisham, uh, Hakon, I wanted to, oh, Captain Sebring as well, excuse me. Um, I wanted to give you a, a heads up as some a plan that I have. Once we are in the castle um i have the intention we have the intention of uh loosening some additional uh combatants as it were into the palace so that they can start hacking their way through the army from the back they all kind of look at each other and look at you and say, well, I think at this point, I would love to ask more questions, but time is against us, and I think at this point you've earned our trust. So if you believe you have something that can aid us, then we'll welcome any advantage we can get. Amazing. You you may or may not, I guess you may or may not see what happens because it could all be within the mountain. Hopefully they'll be able to, you know, cut their way through until the point where they're also out um, but just wanted to give you that hope that it's not it's not just the the few of us going up there's a host with us as well very good and they uh they kind of nod and take that into account and yeah Hagan kind of walks up to the group again and says now it's the the time for you all to make your way is um imminent and I, I, you have my personal and sincere gratitude for what it is that you are about to undertake. It's 
very possible that it may be a one-way mission. And I know you all know this, and I know you've all accepted that, I hope. If not, sorry, but we don't really have time for you to process that at this point. Um, I do hope it's not. I do hope we see each other again, and I hope it's on the other end of a victory for us. So be on your way. May the three be with you, and let's hope things go our way. That's all that we can do. He goes down the line and kind of shakes everyone's hand, pats him on the back, and uh, nods and says, I would love to give you more pomp and circumstance befitting of the uh, heroism you all are undertaking, but unfortunately we have pressing matters to attend to, so uh, hopefully I will see you soon. Um, hey, Hakon and, and Grisham, um, I know he's he's not a general or anything, but um, should Antony, uh, my brother, uh, survive this first skirmish, could you give him this, please? And she's going to hand them a small scroll. Okay. Hakon takes it, hands it to Grisham. Grisham nods, tucks it in a pouch on his belt. Thank you so much. He pulls it out, reads it out loud to everyone. <laughs> no. Puts it in his belt. It explodes. It was a bomb. Oh, it was a glyph of warning. Um, yeah, he puts it in, nods, and says, I'll, I'll see to it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. She says, kind of turning to the, the small band. Shall we go? They all nod in agreement. Alrighty, And then she's going to look to Owlbear, and mm-hmm. she'll be like, um, uh, Unless you think otherwise, we'll let you lead the way, because um, you you know these these mountains better than anyone. I was going to uh, suggest that myself, and she goes, "Yeah!" kicks her goat in what? the way to get it to go, not like the mean kick. Yeah. And uh, the goat kind of turns and starts trotting away. What's her goat's name? Uh, I don't think I ever gave it a name. What's her goat's name? Oh, gosh. Her goat's name is... Chuck. <laughs> because all they're all named after animals. All the Grok have right. animal names, so all their goats have people names. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> if I did give it a name 100 episodes ago, I'm sorry, I forgot. Um, but Chuck... This could be a different one. Could be then. a new goat. Yeah, it could be a new goat. Uh, Chuck the goat turns and starts trotting away and it's one of those big white like scraggly mountain goats mm-hmm. with the with the kind of not quite curled all the way around horns but like arced back so cool black horns big like billy goat gruff uh beard goatee kind of thing the ones that you see standing on like the sides of sheer cliffs yeah somehow. that's just like chilling on a near vertical plane with nothing around it just like what up? I'm a goat. Like, what, are you, what are you doing up there, goat? There's not even like stuff to eat. Just why? You're just... Uh, um, yeah, so it starts trotting away and the rest of you follow. It slows its pace because the rest of you are not quick, fleet-footed goats. Um, and you start basically making your way west to get behind the army and then you start cutting up to the north and you will arc around and then head back east once you're uh, far enough distance away to make way back to the mountain. So Owlbear's kind of the the lead guide at this point and she's conversing with uh, Carmina who's got, you know, the more intimate 
topographical knowledge of where exactly you're heading. And so she kind of tells you, uh, yes, so the end destination we are all going to is, of course, the Imperial Palace of Grundikov, high atop Grun's Peak, the tallest point in Moir. It will not be a quick or particularly safe voyage, uh, trip journey there. So we must all be on our guard. It will be quite some time before we reach the snowy peaks. And once we get there, we must summon all of our uh, wits and fortitude to survive the elements as well as any other dangers that might be waiting for us. I, We have come up with a solid plan, I think, to infiltrate the palace and hopefully find and defeat Craig. But it has been many years since I was... Uh, I was present in in the Imperial Court, and so things may have changed since then. So, everyone be on your toes. Everyone kind of nods mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, I'm always on my toes. Malaris <laughs> <laughs> um, is pretty quiet, but she yeah. gives a gruff nod. And, yeah, so the, okay. the lot of you head out. It's probably going to take about a day just to kind of stealthily circumvent this army without being seen and to make sure you're moving uh, in a way that's not going to attract any attention. But near the... Because this, this skirmish is still happening relatively in the morning. Mm-hmm. So by probably about nightfall as the sun has gone down and it's getting into the, the later night, maybe 10-ish p.m., you kind of come to rest at the the base of the mountain before it actually goes up into the mountain proper. So there's some some shrubbery, some hardy like uh, scrabble and and rocky terrain, some low trees that go up, uh, nice leaves, dirt. It's rather temperate at this point, but you know after a while of hiking, you will soon pass the tree line and get into this forbidding biome climate that is going to take some nerves to get up through and so you all make a camp find a nice little cups of trees to hide in owlbear kind of leads the way and you know it feels once she gets like into this terrain it's like a a second home she's moving around as if she's lived here her whole life Mm -hmm. because she practically has Mm -hmm. or has been a a good portion of time here Uh, but you all make camp and yeah, anything you do or say, strike up conversation with your five new companions. Yes, four new. Well, I guess Jasulka. Yeah. Um, I guess she'll. You know, if we're if we're about to camp, Octavia will offer up some healing to anyone who got, uh, you know, hurt during during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we'll have you know cast pass without a trace as we had been. Um, journeying and and things like that um and i guess then she'll also just be like you know thank you all for for coming along um you know kind of with me and you know i'm not don't have really a whole whole lot to say that you haven't heard um but i hope that you know come out successful of course uh carbina says well and i don't know that things are in order at least from my perspective this wasn't much of a choice i think all of us here have lost our homes she looks at you she looks at uh malaris and bulger as of course malik has not fared well she looks at carhoon who 
kind of has a, a dual citizenship, as it were. But I actually don't know if these people know that he's a werebear. Well, I was going to... I was I think the people in Malik do. I think the people in Malik might. But I don't know if Albert or Carmina would. Yeah, I don't think Albert or Carmina know. Uh, but at very least, they assume he's from Illustria. And yeah. that place is... So she's like, we've all lost homes. We've all lost people. And so... I think any one of us and countless others in that army we just left behind would have made the same decision. So you need not thank us, but it is appreciated. And then I feel like Octavia will kind of want everyone to... <laughs> kind of like you would do at the beginning of a adventuring party when you all meet in your tavern. This is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of a, a new little group here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she would want... You know, to kind of have as much, not levity, but introduce each other so that and kind of talk about our strengths so that we can, you know, really get to know each other so we can trust each other and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so you you have some introductions and uh, as a brief recap, so you you know, you know, Albert, she's great. She's a leader of the Goat Riders of Absalon's Tale. And uh, from what she tells you, she kind of lived in this area before, uh, maybe not necessarily in Grundikov itself, but there are little, you know, villages and towns kind of scattered across this mountain that she probably lived in. And once the war broke out, there wasn't really, you know, she had the choice of of fleeing. And I had the, the choice of fleeing from my home or defending it. And so a couple of... Myself and some like-minded individuals gathered what little we had, and we uh, set to fighting, opposing the dragon bloods in any way we could. And it started off small, and it slowly got bigger. And I know that we are still a very small part of a much larger, larger picture. But we've done what we can, and I'd be happy to put all this behind me and go back to the way life was before you know I, I'm no slouch at shooting with a crossbow but I'd love to see the day when I don't have to be anymore and you know they nod uh, Carmina has was uh, a member of the uh, the Grundikovian aristocracy so she was a, a rather wealthy well to do dwarf you know, her family lived in the, the upper levels of Grundikov with the, the rich people and the muckety-mucks. And so she <laughs> she had the opportunity to actually, like, be in the palace from time to time and know how that sort of world works and know a, a general layout and the kind of stuff that's up there. Because most, she says, most dwarfs don't have it as well off as uh, myself and a select few others. And most of them never get to see the glory of the Jewel of Epsilon's Tale in there in their lives I was one of the fortunate few and so it is many of us were captured or killed during the the siege while those of us who didn't uh, flee after the initial war broke out I was one of the uh, lucky few who managed to escape crawled down from the tops of the mountains nearly lost my fingers and my toes but I survived and made my way east to Elistria. And, well, I guess that's where we met. She looks at you. Mm-hmm. 
But yes, much like the others, I, my, my home is lost. I know many of you have faced that. Alistria has fallen. Malik is barely holding it together. Lake Ansel was occupied for quite some time, but my home has been under the control of these monsters for a dozen years now. My people killed or enslaved. There is very little I would not do to bring this war to a swift and decisive end. And I may not be the most potent combatant, but hopefully the information I have will see to it that this mission is a success. And if we don't succeed, well then, at the very least, we can die trying. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the most valuable, I mean, having intel, we could go in there with all, all of the strength we could muster, but having that knowledge of way things are laid out, that's huge. <laughs> um, let's see. Malaris and Bulger have very similar stories. Um, being effectively, you know, brought up in the militaristic side of the town of Malik. Uh, Malaris rising through the ranks as a soldier to uh, become a general, uh, losing her hand at some point, but turning it into a dope weapon instead. Um, and yeah, she's she's maybe a bit more bitter than the mm-hmm. others. Uh she says, yes, it's it's very, I feel like we all have a very similar story here, although I guess my home was lost a bit more recently than the lot of yours, and I guess not officially lost, but uh, emasculated, humiliated, put, put down. Uh, I would love nothing more than to see my brothers and sisters out there in that army, but there just aren't enough of us left. So if I can do my part, then I'll do it. And yes, Carmina, if I can't, then I'll die giving it the best effort I can. But if I go down, I'm taking as many of them with me as I can. My bulger's like, yeah. <laughs> he flourishes his fingers and flourishes sparks his fingers, come out. He's like, hey, I, <laughs> I'm along for the ride. I've been... You know, I was born with the the gifts I have, and I know what I'm good at. And it's uh, it's blowing stuff up and shooting fire, and that is exactly what I intend to do. Now, I may not be as emotionally vulnerable as a lot of you right now. <laughs> I've got a... Well, I just put on a cool exterior, you know, and I don't know if we're at the level of friendship where I'm going to let that crack and let you see the soft, gooey caramel center that is in the center. But much like Malaris, I've seen my fair share of this war and, you know, I say I'm good at blowing stuff up and killing people. But I, I tell you what, you kill enough people and blow enough stuff up, it definitely takes a toll, so... I I agree with Albert. I'm I'm looking forward to the day when I can blow stuff up for fun. <laughs> Not because the lives of everyone I've ever known or cared for depends on it. So he looks at you. I'm a at this point, I, I'm a, I'm a weapon. You point me at what needs done and I'll do it. 
Awesome. I actually, I have some things that I'm very excited for us to work together with. And she's going to pull out the five fire gems that she still has left. And she'll kind of hold one and be like, these, these spheres, these gems, when they are faced with enough heat, they erupt like a... Just look, you, you could explain this better. They erupt like a... They, they explode. They explode. With, with huge explosions. With a lot of energy, yes. So, you will be, I do believe, instrumental in being able to, to light these things. So, just as a heads up, if, if we need to get into out of a pinch, too, we have these that probably only you can ignite. Happy to be of service. Awesome. Is his breath weapon a cone or a line? It's a cone. cone. It's okay. a fire cone. He is a red dragonborn. Um, Karun looks across the lot of everyone and says, uh, Hello. Um, I guess if we're going to be working together in such uh, an intimate manner, then I guess there's a few things I should probably say. If we all need to trust each other with our lives. I've been with uh, Octavia since... Well, I don't actually know how long it's been, but... We've been through a, a lot together, and... I'm happy we've got... Some more people to uh, finish this out with. Uh, many of you may assume that I'm from Elystria, and you're not entirely wrong. I've spent a good portion of my life there. I was... Raised there, I grew up, went to the best schools. I'm uh, a bit of a scholar myself, although I may not look it. Um, but perhaps my my home, not by birth, but by through uh, association, is uh, Montignon. I was I was there for a while, and I was I was there when the uh, well when. When the accident happened. And I know some of you know this. And he looks at you and Jasolka and Malaris and Balker. But Albert and um, Carmina, if we're going to be fighting side by side, you should probably know that uh, I, uh, I have the curse of lycanthropy. And it's fine. I'm not going to, like, kill you or anything. But I just thought you should know that I might be turning into a bear at some point. <laughs> and it's something I've I've struggled with a lot. You know, I'm it's I've I've seen some things when people give in to that bestial nature in themselves and it's not a not always a pleasant experience. And it's something I've tried to cure, I've tried to fix, I've tried to get rid of in myself and well, I just, at this point, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And I'm starting to wonder if, instead of running from it like I've been doing all my life, maybe I should be embracing it. Maybe this is exactly why this happened, so that I can have the strength to to help you out, to put an end to this war. I don't know, but I just thought you should know, so that if it happens, you don't freak out. And they, you know, I'm not going to have a conversation with myself, mm -hmm, but they mm -hmm. kind of nod and take that information and put it in the back of their heads. 
And Jasulka kind of leans over to you while this is happening and says, I find most of this uh, emotional bonding unnecessary and to an extent uh, revolting, but... I'm not surprised. All of this talk of trust in each other and being honest with each other. um, In your mortal, small-minded opinion, do you think it's a good idea for me to reveal my true nature to these common folk? (laughs) I think as far as trust and honesty goes, I was going to suggest it. But if you think, if if you would be uncomfortable doing so, or if you don't want to. Um, I am holding this a secret on your request. That's true. There is little anyone on this planet could do to me if they knew I were a dragon. Whether they want to subjugate me or kill me, I guess they could praise me and I would accept that with open arms. But <laughs> Again, I think that having all the cards on the table, uh, it, it really helps no one to in this type of situation, to have secrets. Um, The more information that there can be shared, I think, the better. Fine. And while this is going, Karun's having, like, an emotional breakthrough, and he's like, maybe, maybe it's not a curse after all. Maybe it's just a part of me, and I need to, need to accept it. And then Jasulk is just like, all right, shut up, listen. (laughs) This is more important than the bear man. As long as we're putting everything out there for everyone else to know, I think there's something that, well, I have a secret as well to divulge. Uh, many of you think I'm just a very dashing, debonair, incredibly talented elf man. <laughs> and you're not entirely wrong. I am dashing, debonair, and incredibly talented, but I am also um, an ancient, quasi-immortal, divine dragon. He is. Yes. I like this form, and I used to be trapped inside this ring, and he flourishes his fingers, but uh, Octavia had the good sense, although it took a while to get there, to let me have my corporeal form back. And so here I am, fighting with you, because at the end of this all, I'm going to uh, go my separate way and do my own dragon thing. So you should consider yourselves among the, what, seven most fortunate, six most fortunate, blessed individuals to have been able to uh, walk with, talk with, and fight with a living dragon, the first in many thousands of years. He's true. I mean, that's, that is correct. Karun's like, yeah, I mean, I was, he's, he's rude and kind of a bot, but. Those are also very true statements. He's not wrong. And the rest of them. Albert's kind of squinting her eyes suspiciously. Carmina's eyes are more, she's like kind of wide in shock and going back and forth like the, the gif of the, the lady kind of looking back and forth as the numbers <laughs> no, pass through, like yeah. trying to figure out. like <laughs> the calculations. Wait, what the? And uh, Malaris and Bulger being dragon-like are kind of whispering to each other but again i don't want to have full (laughs) conversations with myself uh but they're and so octavia will pop pipe up and be like um i I guess i I think most of you know that uh these artifacts that i have and she'll 
um, you know, gesture towards the staff of Akrila and Fulnis's belt and will be like, uh, these contain the souls of, of dragons. And I used to wear that ring that Jasulka has. Um, and it also used to contain Jasulka's soul. Um, but as he mentioned, uh, he had a corporeal form and would be able to help us more with his powers in, in a physical form than being just a, a soul and a piece of jewelry on my finger. Yes. So uh, I am not at your service, per se, but I am choosing to allow myself to uh, work with you. Not for you, mind you, with you. I am. We're all working with each other, yes, 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 yes. But you're sort of the de facto leader of this little band. Well... Currently, Al there is showing us the way, so... Yes, but that's called delegation, and it's anything a good leader it does. Uh, but regardless, I am here, I am incredibly powerful, and, um, yes, yeah, so show your, your proper respect, and we'll get along. Just look at... Yes. They, they, they'll treat you well, you don't have to be, like, all super high and mighty. I am both high and mighty, though. Uh, currently, you are you are not not that high, and yes, you are mighty. But come on, like chillax just a little bit here. Let me look. Perhaps actually, where we have, uh, perhaps you can understand this uh, maybe better than the others can. But I was sent to this world as a divine protector of the beans, and granted, that went a little bit uh, skew uh-huh. somewhere along the way. Uh-huh. Hey, talk to talk to your green friend, my brother, and he'll oh, tell have. you how things uh, went down. That wasn't on me. I mean, I merely embraced the chaos. Then, then that is on you if you embraced it. But anyway, I did not I, incept this. But in, in in any case, from one divine guardian to another, and he looks at you. I know you've been touched by the gods themselves, and you were put here for a very particular purpose. And this war is probably it. So you can at least relate to me in that we. He looks at everyone else. No offense, we're not like them. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to condescend to you. You're all very capable individuals in your own right, but you are not sent here by the gods themselves, put here for a particular mission like we were. So you'll you forgive me if I'm, uh, if the arrogance is a little bit hard for me to shake off. Not to mention my social skills have deteriorated sitting <laughs> inside a gemstone for the past several thousand years. That is true. That that you haven't had a lot. So perhaps you should be showing a little bit more grace as well. Well, just as long as we're all here on the same page, being that, sure, maybe at some point someone is more in charge than somebody else, especially, you know, like when we have other folks leading us. But we're all on the same team here. I've, that is exactly what I said. It's the way you said it, though. Regardless. Uh, in any case, um, I have one other uh, thing I wanted to mention. I wanted to clear up with all of you the, the force that I mentioned in the uh, tent with... Midichlorians? Um, hmm? Nothing. <laughs> Continue. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, that I mentioned in the tent with uh, Governor and the General. Um, uh, 
We have a undead army in this bag that we're going to release. Thanks to yours truly. Again, very incredibly powerful quasi-immortal dragon bean. And so, again, for the sake of not holding any secrets, that is the that is the army that we'll be releasing into the city. You know, if you're looking to be surreptitious, that might actually be a good place for you all to rest. Oh, that's a good point. And you could give everyone an introduction to my little pets. We could. Owlbear's like, wait, uh, undead, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, think zombies? Oh, I I know what undead are. You have an army of them. Yes. I mean, I don't, really. He controls them. And she nods her head towards Jusulka. I point them in the, the down there because they were a failure. So I point them in a direction and they go. And so we'll point them towards the dragon blood. Current says, I, I know what you all are thinking. It took me a while to stomach it too, but I don't know if... I mean, we need every advantage we can get. And if these things can help even the playing field between... These dragon bloods and, you know, if, if not a, a box full of zombies is the difference between seeing our homes restored again and not, then I'm willing to do it. And we'll be releasing them in a way where they won't be among our allies. So, you know, the distinction of of who they should be fighting against. Um, we don't have to kind of worry about being like, you know, only attack people with the certain crest. It's a, They can kind of go wild. Well, Alper says, I don't necessarily like that, but Karun does have a point. Yeah, it's... It took me a long time to think of a think of a right way to use them and whether it was right to use them. Perhaps. But they do exist. So it's not like we'd be creating an undead army. I might need a little bit of time to come to terms with that, but... Totally understandable. That's why I wanted to tell everyone now and get everything out on the floor if there's a way we can do this without that just consider it we will we'll consider (laughs) every options that we have well we should probably get some rest we've got a long hike tomorrow well you all do good old chuck here's got my legs (laughs) She vacillates between Irish and Scottish, and I'm trying to keep it Irish, but it's not always working. <laughs> that is a-okay. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, the arrest occurs. You you are free to rest in the box if you'd like to, um, and just, but Owlbear will, you guys can set up shifts of, of watches to make sure that you aren't stumbled upon. Sounds um, good. Yeah, we can, we can do that. So you, you take some shifts throughout the night and uh take a nice little rest long rest awesome get your stuff back and you're aroused earlier in the morning than you'd like to be to continue on this journey so here's what we're gonna do 
because we could spend a long time climbing this mountain or we could just get through it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have, there's you, there's Carhoon, Jasulka, Bulger, Malaris, Carmina, and Owlbear. Um, Over the course of the next several days, the lot of you are ascending this mountain, climbing, uh, probably switchbacks at first, and then, you know, making your way up tough, rocky trails, eventually breaking through to the the cold, frozen tops. Um, I would like to montage this. mm -hmm. So basically take each one of your party and give me a little vignette of how they are, they and their particular set of skills are helping you uh, ascend this mountain. Okay. So... Owlbear and Chuck are obviously leading us and trying to uh, show us the combination of the the most direct and most passable way, finding mm-hmm. that finding that fine line between the fastest, but then also uh, survivable. Mm-hmm. So that is what they are going to do. Okay, uh, roll me a. We're going to call this a survival check, and I'm going to give that a plus, let's see, they would be, give that a plus eight. Plus eight? All right. Four owlbear. Sixteen. Okay. Uh, yeah, they do a pretty good job of leading you through this mountain, navigating, telling you where to go, when to go, and how to go. So following their deft steps, you all make pretty good time up this mountain. All right. So I feel like as... Owlbear is leading us up this mountain. We get to a point where um, it, it's it's a little bit impassable. There are a couple trees that maybe have fallen and uh, they've gotten super coated in ice. Um, and so we, we, it's hard to go over them. We can't really go around them because they're too big. Can't really go under them because the uh, ground is so frozen. <laughs> so I feel like Bulger steps up and he's like, hey. This is, my, this is my area of expertise here. And he just tries to melt the ice to the point where we can get over these fallen trees. Okay. Uh, give me... This will be effectively an attack roll, so this will be a plus nine. Alrighty. For Bulger. Rolled the same thing, so that will be a... 17. Okay, yeah. So you there are a couple instances where you're trying to fight your way through an icy or snowy pass. He steps to the front, leave this to me, and just uh, melts away through, or at least gets it to the point where you have adequate footholds and can make your way more safely across. All right, and then as we're you know, continuing to trudge, with, this, is a, this is a mountain, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, the, you know, I'm sure there are a couple rocks that might be uh, loose on the side of the mountain. Like when you're uh, driving along a highway and you're there's a sign, caution, falling rocks. They should they should post these here on the mountain as well. Mm-hmm. And we kind of hear a rumbling, and then Carhoon with his Jedi like reflexes and his super elfin strength hears and sees a boulder coming down about to fall on poor Owlbear, and he's able to rush in and catch the boulder with his super strength. Okay, instead of pushing her out of the way, 
Yeah, it's a cool image. <laughs> okay. Uh, give me an athletics. Or you can push her. Give me an athletics check. All right. For whatever Karun is with his bonus. Plus 10. Ooh, that's only a 14. Okay, so he, he manages to get Owlbear out of the way, but as he catches the boulder, he, like, tweaks something in his arm. Or Ooh. maybe he, he kind of rolls his ankle a little yeah. bit as he steps back, and that slows you down a little bit, uh, but Owlbear is not crushed. and That's good. So you can continue on, but for, like, a day or so, you kind of have to slow your pace because he can't can't keep up mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Next. All right. As we are going up and there, um, we're still, you know, in the thick of some trees, a big serpent falls out of the trees onto Malaris. Okay. And she just slices it up with her cool scissor hand. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Give me a roll. Plus nine. All right. I wanted her to chop something cool, but I'm like, spider webs, that's boring. I guess it could be like a big spider, but then I didn't want to be like big spider because you don't like spiders. Sure. There will be some. I mean, I'm fine discussing spiders. I've used spiders before. So something like that. Some creature that has become an impediment. Ooh, Natty, 17 for 26. Yeah, so you guys come across a couple random encounters of various wilderness creatures that at this level really aren't that much of an obstacle for you, but Malaris steps forward and just, like, takes care of them easily. And also, uh, I can see her making use of this to, like, cut through low underbrush during mm-hmm. the early parts of this trek to kind of blaze a trail where there may not have been one before. So cuts the snake in two, stabs the spider, takes care of the... Uh, Ravaging pack of wolves. Nice. All right. Carmina. Carmina. Carmi- I'm not quite sure what her skill set is exactly. Um, She's... She's good with... She knows a lot more about, like, when you're close to the palace. Okay. So she she can fight a little bit, uh, but mostly she she knows a lot of like the history of of Grundikov and stuff like that. She's relatively well educated, being part of the upper class. Okay, so um, you know, knowing that she'll be most effective once we get a little bit closer to the summit, um, I feel like Octavia will just try to uh, keep her eyes out for you know as we go the best places to like rest and trying to find um you know uh good places to camp and you know things to forage along the way all right perception i'm assuming Mm -hmm. 19 19 yeah you're able to pull out all your druid stops and uh, find food forage food find good nooks to rest away from the weather and harmful creatures and things like that uh Balker's about to eat, you know, like a mushroom and you slap it out of his hand and like, that one's poisonous. Um, stuff like that. So yeah, you are you're very much able to do that. Awesome. And then Jasulka, I don't know. It would be within Jasulka's nature to not help. Also. I feel like what he would do is maybe, maybe if someone trips, he would like not look at them and maybe like just put his hand out and not do anything but let them hoist themselves up but that's 
that's the extent to which I see Jasulka helping. How about you just give me an Arcana roll for Jasulka based on, you know, at some point there's probably some obstacle that he has some random spell to help with. Okay. Um, What's his? This will be a plus 11. Okay. Natty 19 for a 30. For a 30, yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple instances where he pulls a spell out of his butt and he's just like, yes. Uh, to to get you through. Maybe someone falls and he casts, you know, like fly on them at the last second. Maybe he, there's a, a gap in some like ravine and he stone shapes a bridge across, stuff like that. Nice. All right. Is that Carmina? And then Carmina, once we get a bit closer, she will be trying to... Uh, you know, keep her eyes peeled and, and trying to find, you know, landmarks or things that she might recognize to um, make sure that they are going. Like, I feel like she would mm-hmm. work together with Owlbear to, to find that, like, last yes. element of the summit. Give me a history plus nine. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, so as she's trying to, like, find landmarks and guide you around, but at a certain point she's like, it's changed enough up here since when I was uh, since when I was last here the, the landmarks I'm looking for are perhaps changed or have been destroyed since then I, I'm, I'm sorry and uh, she you know leads you astray a little bit mm. and that costs you some time but you only failed two of those rolls so both of them being natural force both of them being natural force so you get up at the end of this journey uh, you've put on your cold weather gear you've been in this blinding uh snow this these frigid temperatures for a few days now owlbear still kind of leading up with a lot of you trudging behind and near about midday you kind of crest a little uh, a little like cliff edge and pop up and you can see stretching ahead of you there is this mountain ridge that continues along and comes up to a peak and you think you can see through the whipping snow a structure built atop that in between it and you uh you know maybe uh like quarter of a mile or so down you see a like huge crack a big crevasse through this mountain ridge with a stone bridge over top of it and Carmina says yes yes now this I recognize that is the bridge over the uh, the chasm that is the first step to our infiltration plan everyone ready yourselves it is about as they say to go down but we're going to pick up their next episode or hopefully the dragon blood scouts are about to go down <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, you can get in touch with us on social media. Twitter and Instagram is where we're most active. Our handle is at and a die podcast. We'll probably be coming up with some clashes soon. So if you want to submit a crit card, you can do so on our website, me, my spouse and a die.com or shoot us an email at me, my spouse and a die at gmail.com. Catch y'all next week.